0: hello and welcome to the mindset and self-mastery show i'm your host nick mcgowan and on this show my guests and i unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery so let's not wait any longer let the games begin hey polish peter welcome to the show man how are you doing
1: I'm doing great. Well, thanks for having me. And I really appreciate being here on this particular podcast with you, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm excited be, uh, for you to be here. We connected, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, something like that, through a friend who was on, um, I think, one of the first 10 episodes that I'd done, Adrian Smood. So he was on and I know whoever Adrian puts me in contact with. I'm in for some weird fucking stories. And great conversation with great people. So I'm glad that you're here. But look, man, I got to be honest, right off the bat, just saying to you, welcome, Polish Peter, I almost just sound like I feel like I'm being a dickhead. And just calling you that. So I want to get that out of the way first for the audience who are like, wow, this guy's kind of a douchebag, me, for calling you that, but that's what people call you, right? Like it's, that's kind of the nickname industry wise, correct?
1: Yeah, that is the nickname. That's what I've been kind of known for in the industry. Um, and it came out of something that was in one of the masterminds that was came out of it. As you probably know, I have an accent. You can hear I have an accent. Originally from Poland. I was born in Poland. In the southernmost Poland, in like middle of the mountains. Um, lived in the first seven years in you know twelve by twelve room. And during the communist era in Poland, so it was very small, kind of a in a hotel room, kind of the whole. That was our bedroom, our living room, our, you know, that off to the side. Bathrooms were down the hallway, public restrooms kind of thing that we everybody used. So I came out of Poland and so I'm pretty proud of my Polish heritage. At the same time, I am really grateful, lucky and blessed to be in this particular country because I know the, where I came from. And what I get to do now in today's world is help other people and help impact their lives too for the betterment of themselves, you know, because... We all have stories, we all walk through stories. So the fact that I'm able to do this has helped me tremendously. Now, the story behind the Polish Peter is that, think about every single one of us has some kind of an identity that we've created for ourselves. Right. For me, it could have been this poor Polish kid from communist era and, and kind of disempowering and things like that. So, and it's something that's out of my control. Now, what happened out of this Polish Peter thing is that, well, my first name is Peter, Polish Peter, and there is an identity tied into there that is within me, that I have control over, that nobody can take away from me, and that includes being empowering, being transformative, being a person who's intentional and loving. So, actually, each letter stands for something, and that's what I created for myself, and it kind of became this name for, you know, around the uh, industry, and that's how people refer to me, but... The point I'm making is there's an identity that every single one of us has. And each one of you, the listener, I want you to create an identity for yourself that you have within your own control that nobody can take away from you.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's a ton of uh, ton of layers to the one thing that somebody right off the top, if they just heard me call you just Polish Peter, they would probably ask, why the fuck did he say that?
1: So now, yeah, now that's out. How-
0: yeah, well, to also know that it's not just... Uh, not somebody tying your identity directly to you, but also something you've created and used an acronym to be able to actually strengthen it a bit. Because I I think one of the things that we get into on this show often, without talking directly about it, is the flavor that we bring to life and that we see through uh, things. The way that we see life and interact with life through the different lenses that we have, the identities that we have. I often joke at times, like, I'm a little much because I was born in Philly. That's just, that's a joke. It's not real. That's not real. That's not who I am, but it's part of what some people believe me to be. So I'll lean into those jokes in certain ways. And in those ways, I know we can buy into those identities. So it's interesting how you not only bought into it, but you're like, fuck yeah, this is who I am. And this is what this actually means. Um, so I appreciate that you dive right, right into that. In fact, I always start these episodes off with, tell us what you do for a living. And you knock that off. So thank you. The next one's going to be, what's that one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre?
1: I know you got at least a couple of them. Well, it's depending on the rating of the show, but I want to put this out there like this. So when I was little, back in Poland, um, from the part of the country that I'm at, that's very traditional, a lot of, uh, you know, we have our own traditions and things like that so i used to be in this traditional dance group i played violin in there and i danced like we travel across the country and then started doing like international festivals and things like that so a lot of people here in the states don't know that i got moves and those moves were very traditional back there but i mean if you want to go look up on the internet uh word gural, uh, um that's g-o-r-a-l Uh, And then look at dancing for that. You'll see what I used to do.
0: Nice. Oh, man. So you can cut a rug or Polish rug, I guess, in that sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I appreciate that, man. I almost, you know, I I, as soon as somebody says anything like that, and it's probably because I'm a very visual person, I start to picture the person doing those things. And in some ways, I almost picture you like a Simpsons character, just kind of like cruising along and dancing. But dude, that sounds like an epic bit of a a story that you have where there are some people, I think, growing up where they want to play um, either music and they get to travel around uh, with their, you know, school or whatever. And then there are some people that play sports and they get to travel around for sports is like uh, travel league and, you know, advanced and all that sort of stuff. Some people don't ever get to experience that sort of stuff. Uh, I never experienced that really in grade school, but getting out of grade school, I toured as a musician, and there's a lot of life that happens within that. So growing through that, and I know that's probably eons ago, but when you look back at it now, how do you think some of that shaped your life?
1: Well, I mean, it gave me some discipline because, I mean, there are some disciplines behind it that you need to be able to do. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we did in the dancing that requires physical I mean, we did push-ups, we did sit-ups because a lot of the dancing involves that. So there's a discipline. There is this teamwork aspect of it because it's you're working with uh, other people, right? Um, The other aspect is there's a part of the dancing where it was just a couple. And me as a man had to lead. So there is learning how to deal with other people, how to lead and things like that. If I look at it, you can start looking how some of those aspects would play into what you end up doing in life and it's interesting that that part of my life this was between ages about eight and 14 that i was doing the dancing and now that i know what i know about human psychology those are the years when you start to see and figure out your belief system and you start looking what do i believe in what's uh, how do i start to fit into life right this early teenage years, you start to look at okay what do I fit in? How do I fit into this whole thing? Uh, As we call life. So a lot of that ends up shaping how you start looking at life later on.
0: Yeah, that's, that's why I brought that up. There's a lot of life that happens within that period of time. And for you to go through such a process and be uh, almost semi professional in that sort of way. It's interesting, Um, instead of kind of going the opposite side of it. So let's kind of tie into what you're doing now because back then eight to 14 years old yes there was a lot of stuff that happened but shit even the next six years and 10 years plus from that point there's a lot of stuff that happened talk to us about the journey getting from poland kind of getting out of that tiny ass little place to what you're doing now and kind of some of those key moments that happened along the way where you're like this shit need to happen this way to get me to where i'm at now
1: yeah, that's a great question because I believe now that I know what I know, because I'm a, uh, I'm a transformative coach, so I help people not only with their uh, personal life, meaning their vision for their own life, but also their business. How do we create this business to support that life? Because most of the time what ends up happening for people is they are very clear, what, well, somewhat clear on what they want their business to look like, what they want to do in order to have this financial freedom, but they're not very clear on what their financial freedom is and they end up doing the business and takes over their life. So that's why I end up helping people because a lot of that journey is what I went through. And on the personal side, I mean, communism was not a fun time for me as a kid and key moments happen for all of us. So when I talk about the key moments that happened in my life, I want you to listeners to start looking, what are the key moments for you that you had in your life? that had some kind of an impact on you. Because those impactful moments is, are the moments who are gonna shape how you believe and how you look at life. Because we tend to make some kind of a choice, some kind of a decision during that particular time. So I'll give you an example. One of my times during my life, um, when I was 14 years old, because it's kind of related to what we just talked about, my mom was already here in the United States working and you know making money. Uh, because my parents got divorced when I was eight. So I was at that time between eight and 14. I was living with my and my uncle. And my life was pretty good at that particular time. So when it hit 14 years old, my mom comes to United to Poland from United States for vacation. Well, about a week and a half or so before she was coming back here, she sits me and my sister down and she goes, well, guess what, kids? And we're like, what? You're going to United States with me. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. And she's like, well, yes, you are. Because, you know, I bought a house over there, I started, you know, life over there, and um, I want you guys with me. I'm like, well, I want to go. My life is pretty good here, right? So I'm a 14-year-old kid uh, trying to figure out how do I fit into this life, right? And I, that's why the group comes in that I was dancing in, and I have friends and all that kind of stuff. And so for about a week or so, we kind of argue about me going or not going. I'm not going, I'm going, I'm not going, I'm not going. Next thing I know, I'm on the plane. And... The thing is, I made a decision now to make a kind of a interpretation out of that that means that I don't have a choice. I don't have a voice. I don't have anything to say, right? Especially this is my mom, one of the most important people in my life. So if you can look at that, because it was pretty impactful for me, I remember this moment, like, you know, there was another moment, for instance, like when I was eight years old, my mom, after they got divorced, she had to go to united states to make money and i was going to go live with my and my uncle But what happens then i go to the airport and i realized at the airport my 80 year old kid imagine my 80 year old self standing at the airport back then you can literally walk up to the gate where the planes were at and i'm literally begging my mom not to go because it's my mom you know what i mean i finally realized it like hits me like ton of bricks i go this is happening oh my god this is happening So I go, please don't go. She's like, well, I can't. I have to go. And I'm begging her again, right? So I'm, please don't go, please don't go, please don't go. Next thing I know, she turns around and, you know, crying, goes and gets on the plane. And I'm crying and make a decision again. And I say, well, can't convince my mom, right? My mom trying to convince her to stay. She won't stay. So those are the types of things that starts to shape our lives, what later on has had an impact on me. Ironically, my first business was in marketing. Go figure, when you kind of have to, you know, in a way influence others to buy some kind of product or service, right? So, because we tend to work from a lot of those kind of decisions back in life. Hope that makes any sense to you because I think that is a lot what people are dealing with in their lives. Like, why do I do what I do? Yeah. I.
0: I think you, you drive it home pretty well uh, because you lived it. You know, I, I often bring up on many of these episodes and in a lot of conversations, I think a lot of the shit that has formed us to who we are now really comes from childhood, specifically trauma, <clears throat> something that happened. And trauma doesn't always have to mean a really negative thing. Um, even taking your mom leaving, yes, that was traumatic. And in some ways, some light, it's negative But it was also a a lot of positivity from that. She was stepping out. She was uncomfortable. She was doing these things that were selfless to be able to help you and make a different change in life and do a lot of that stuff. However, you as an eight-year-old kid see your mom leaving. So it's always interesting to be able to look at those different layers and levels to it and especially going back to it and looking at it almost like a wallflower or just being a third party and just going, oh, shit. You know, I can understand from both their perspectives and being able to unpack that stuff. I I think there's a lot to it. You know, that's one of the key things where you talked about eight and 14. Those are two major moments, or at least right around, you know, six to eight, 12 to 14, 15 ish or so that are a lot of shit happens that sometimes we just don't go back through and process through because as we get into our 30s or 40s or 50s, there's other shit, right? You know, other things come up. You've got your own kids or you've got other things that you've got to go through and kind of deal with, let alone the bullshit that happened fucking years ago. And the amount of times I've heard people say, oh, well, that was years ago. Yeah, cool. I get that. But that shit is still fucking with you right now. So when you think about, and I kind of know that you've done some of this, when you think of the stuff that you've gone through and you look back at it and process through that, how did you go back and process through it without driving yourself mad?
1: Well, I mean, that's a good point because... Here's the thing, I do this with my own students when we go and, and look at, you know, mentioned about impactful moments. It's some of them are traumatic, some of them are not. We're talking about impactful moments. Getting married is an impactful moment. It's probably for most people when they're standing up there and saying, I do, is a good, really, really, really good thing, right? But it is an impactful moment. We make choices, we make decisions in life, and they shape how we do stuff. So when we go back to those moments whether you know positive or negative being aware of them is super important because when you're aware of it and you notice what decision you've made in that particular moment that that awareness alone can help you moving forward in life i'll give you an example when my oldest was eight years old this was back in 2011 my wife came to me one night, and I'm not gonna to go too much into the story, but she came to me and she said, I want a divorce. And it hit me like ton of bricks. I mean, it was complete shock, out of the nowhere kind of a thing. I, I couldn't believe it. And I went into the same conversation that I did when my mom was leaving when she was eight. And when she you know, came in when I was 14, and she was talking about taking us back to the United States. And ironically enough, When my parents got divorced, I was eight. And when I got divorced, my oldest was eight. Coincidence? Maybe. I don't know. But the problem is there is a pattern there. So being aware of that pattern is very powerful because now you can recognize and see, okay, so what kind of a person was shaped out of that? There are some really good things about that because think about it this way. When those decisions that I've made has helped me tremendously at the same time, it can have some negative impacts on it. So being aware of it can tell you, well, next time, probably begging is not gonna work. It's not a good thing. But but up to that point, I wasn't aware of it. That was just my go-to kind of a thing, right? So being aware of it has shaped me tremendously to be able to go, okay, how do I go and how do I level up? Who do I need to become to be able to be that impactful person that I need to be in relationships. So now that awareness allowed me to go and say, who do I need to become as a person, right? As a way of being as who I need to be as a person. Obviously for me, it had to be impactful, had to be focused, had to be intentional, and not, you know, the begging kind of a person. If that makes any sense.
0: Oh yeah. Isn't it interesting how, when you have negative things that happen, you tie something to it. There's an anchor situation, some, some problem or whatever that comes up. That's huge, and you can either grow or you fall back from it. And I find it interesting how you see it as a leveling up. Whatever works for you, you know. There are certain people that agree with that. Like I kind of look at that too. Almost a linear thing. Like you're kind of growing. Um, other people choose to look at it differently, and that's fine. However, you want to look at it. It's, it's an evolution and a change. But it's being aware of the shit that happened where it's almost <laughs> and it's almost kind of silly because y- you think about it like if you were to put your hand on the stove and you go, fuck, that's pretty hot. That really hurts. I don't want to do it again. And you keep doing it. Y- you would only do it a couple times. You'd be like, all right, I've learned. Like, in fact, most of us have stopped that.
1: Well, some of us would.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Even on that actual scale, like most people have stopped doing that. But then there are other things in life that we as people haven't actually stopped doing those things for And I appreciate that you bring up the awareness. I've brought it up many times that it's about the awareness. If you're not aware of a problem, how the fuck can you do anything about any of that problem if you have no idea what to do with it? But then once you know, a lot of people get paralyzed and they start to freak themselves out or overthink that. So when you go through with your clients and walk them through that, like they're there at the precipice of that thought and they're about to lose their mind because you and I both know they're stepping into the movie instead of watching the damn thing. How do you hold them back from getting deep into it and watch the movie and learn from it and be aware of what's actually going on?
1: Well, one of the there few important conversations that happened during the process and one of the most important things that I, when I do this with my clients is I say to them at the beginning, listen, I am here for you. And there is no judgment here. There is no gossip. There is, it's a safe place that we can have this conversation. And because I don't think I'm any better than anybody. I may be Polish Peter and there is Polish Peter and that's it. And there's somebody else has, you know, good things, bad things. We all are a walking stories. So I don't believe that I'm any better. So who am I to judge somebody on what they should or shouldn't do, right? I went through a whole bunch of crap myself and that's where I'm coming from. So... When there is no judgment, when people are being vulnerable and being open and they're able to kind of walk through that and know that the people on the other side who are listening are not judging them, they're there to help them and they know like they've been there like a lot, crazily enough, a lot of the situations that my students have gone through or going through. I've been there myself. Now, why that is, I have no idea, but I've walked through a lot of this stuff. Like, for instance, somebody's dealing with alcoholism. I had big impact with alcoholism because my dad was an alcoholic. And I was living with the most important person in my life. Alcoholism took his life, right? Um, Divorce. I went through it myself. Having, you know, tough times where I almost lived in a van down by the river kind of a thing. Uh, I've been all those different places. So I there is an empathy that comes from my place. I try to always with my students to make sure that they recognize that. But I think, I keep going back to this, judgment is, there is no judgment. It is one of the most impactful things that you can do with anybody in your life. Because think about, it. if you have kids or a spouse or significant other, and they're not telling you something or you feel they're not telling you something like something's going on want you consider something that they feel judged by you and that's why they're not telling you so there is no judgment it might be a really good thing to be able to put that in conversations with people in your life and see what they end up telling you because we all have stories and we all have something going on
0: yeah the uh, the judgment free zone it's definitely a beautiful zone to be in. And I know uh, some people will look at kind of the circles. I have my immediate circle. I have the next level circle, etc. like that you kind of work through and that you allow to be open with. Um, I really, really enjoy the people. And I have enjoyed the the conversation we're having now and what we've had before because I enjoy the people that are genuinely open with that. Like when they ask, hey, how are you? They actually give a shit. They're asking because you genuinely care instead of just, Hey, there's another human. I should probably ask him a thing because it's a social thing to do. That's not typically how most people want to operate, but a lot of people will operate that way because their shit internally. And I think some of that also comes from the judgment that we have on our own selves. When you think about times where you're fucking pissed, you have a terrible day or shit's gone weird or whatever, you take it out on somebody that you're talking to or working with In all reality, you don't mean it. And you, I'm sure, Polish Peter, you can catch it at times, but I'm sure there are other times where you have to, it happens a week later and you're like, fuck, I was such an asshole, I'm so sorry. But being aware of those things and the judgments that happen from it are huge. Now the judgment-free zone, I think, should expand outside of that initial zone that we have. Same time, we have a hard time.
1: Let me add something. I think this is important to mention. When there is a judgment what ends up happening is people tend to operate from the place of fake book that makes any sense right if you go on facebook you see how a lot of people are sharing some you know triumphs they they share like lamborghinis kind of a thing as opposed to what's really going on because there's a whole bunch of judgment going on over there right and what ends up happening when people are operating from that place they try to fix and change themselves from that place. So in a way, they're changing or fixing something that is not real, that's not authentic to them. Now, when there is no judgment and you can get real with yourself, you can get to the authentic self right here in your heart, who are You are yourself authentically. Guess what? You don't have to change anything. Because there is no, nothing broken about you. And I truly believe that with every single person I have conversation with. I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody. There's anything fixed. There's anything broken about you. It's just what ended up happening is over the years, all the different things that happened for you, like those things that happened when I was 8, when I was 14, when I was 20-some years old, when I was in my 30s with divorce and all that kind of stuff. It's just all this crap that got piled on top of us and we've been carrying it for it over the years. Now, when we start having those kinds of conversations with the no judgment, you start letting go of some of those things, putting them down, not have to carry them around. Guess what? You become your authentic self. You become a lot more free. And you can actually operate in life and go after life as a true, authentic person, to who you meant to be. And then, guess what? Stuff starts to happen in your life. You start to operate. You start taking action because you're not... Doing some fake book stuff. You're being the real authentic self stuff. Does that make sense?
0: Oh man, totally. And I I think for the audience to understand that there's, there's a time and a place to be able to bitch and complain about things or complain about things and talk about the real stuff that hurts. And there's a, a way to be able to do it properly. Uh, and I know it's easier for people to talk about the Lamborghinis and the big wins that they get, and all the trips and all that stuff, but they don't talk about either the hard work or the sacrifice or the shit they've gone through. Um, so, even just getting off a of fake book, people having conversations with people that are part of their circles or people that um, are professionals that they can have conversations with. Overall, just being open and vulnerable is a key aspect of being able to understand. Now, when you talk about authenticity and being the authentic you and doing those things, I find it interesting because I think a lot of people will look at, well, I need to be that person. Like I need to be that person to be these things. Where if you flip that and you be those things, you'll be that person. It's just a matter of showing what you actually care about, doing the things that you care about. And more of that will come to you. Where it's funny how we're typically taught the opposite of that. Go after that thing. Go be that thing instead of just being it.
1: Because we already are.
0: Yeah, exactly. If you really think about it, we already are. So with that, do you have anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, i mean, just saying that because think about it. If you become your authentic self, you already are that particular person. And it's just all the crap that's been covered until you're trying to do it through it. It's almost like operating in a fog. If you just put all this stuff down, the fog kind of dissipates and you can actually be clear on what you want your life to look like and what you want to do in business and life. Yeah. Well,
0: no, you've brought up eight years old, 14 years old. When we think of those times, especially as an eight year old, most people as eight year old kids are so open and inquisitive, and wondering about life. Like, what is this thing? I want to play out this side or I want to try this thing or try that or do whatever. It's as we get older, we start to get calloused over that because people tell us no, or people start to heap their own fucking shit of fears on us and be like, oh, I can't do it. So you can't kid either. Fuck those adults that said that sort of stuff. They were just afraid. So being able to shape ourselves wasn't able to happen for everybody. So I think something that we've kind of talked about a bit on this so far without really getting directly to it was actually going back and working with that child yourself now, have you gone back, Polish Peter, and sat with eight-year-old you and been like, yo, this is tough. I fucking get it. But we're going to be good.
1: Trust me, uh, because I'm in several masterminds and I was lucky enough to be in a mastermind where there is that open space, no judgment, vulnerability, right? And that's what I do right now with all my students. We have masterminds three times a year to be able to have that kind of conversation. And when you sit down with your you know, eight-year-old self kind of a thing, you get real with it. And there was a lot of tears shed on my, you know, I cried I like a little baby. I've had some, you know, really tough conversations because, you know, someone in the room tells you, listen, stop being a people pleaser. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about, people pleaser? I'm not a people pleaser. And then you start looking and start really diving into what that is. And you're like, holy crap, I am a people pleaser. And holy crap, that did cost me my marriage. And holy crap, I wonder why my business hasn't been operating that way I wanted to operate because I'm saying yes to everything and everybody. And holy crap, this people pleaser is kind of got squirrels all over the place because I'm saying yes to this, 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 this. Now, what, what, what would you know? So when you start getting real with yourself, and that was just me, different people have different reality, right? Some people need to... Like one of my students, for instance, he, to the outside world, comes in as an a-hole, an asshole. And he's the kind of guy that will go and tell you like it is kind of a thing. Now, if you really dig down deep, that's not the person who really is. He wants to protect, protect his family, protect himself, his wife. He wants to, he is a big kind of a really good, good guy. And when you start working, you know, in that regard, that real true self, all of a sudden that person starts to emerge and starts to go and take different actions. And now life starts to be a lot more fun. You know what I mean? And people, I keep going back to that. We're all walking stories. Don't judge the story. Don't judge the book by the cover because you don't know what's underneath it.
0: Well, thank you for answering the next question, which is going to be what sort of advice would you give somebody on, on their path towards self-mastery?
1: That sounds like that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and be just be open to being open with yourself. You know what I mean? Um, and the other aspect is one of my goals that I have with all my students is getting to the point where you can for the lack of a better word, love yourself. Because a lot of us think about the conversation that's going on in your head, that conversation that's going on in there, you can be your best friend or you can be your worst nightmare, your biggest critic, your you know kind of a biggest bully. So my goal is to get you to have, become your best friend kind of a thing, your biggest fan, your raving fan, because when that comes to that point, and you love yourself for the who you are and who you are not, listen, I'm not perfect. We're all not perfect, but we're perfect in being imperfect. When you get to that point, all of a sudden you have the freedom to actually take action in life, and doing things. So, the advice is, get you know, stop judging yourself so much, and start you know, um, being more gentle in yourself. Give yourself some grace we don't typically give ourselves the grace because deep down inside we can be our biggest critics
0: hmm. great points hey man it's been a pleasure to have you on it's always great to chat with you i look forward to the next time we get to talk again too but hey why don't you share with us where people can find you and where they can uh, connect with you
1: well uh, first and foremost i appreciate you having me on uh, people can find me on facebook you can find me on instagram just type in polish peter you're going to find that Uh, Instagram Polish Peter official is my handle on Facebook. You can just type in Polish Peter. You find me on there. And if you want to have a conversation with me, I have a slot at four uh, on on Thursdays at one p.m. Eastern. I have a slot that I typically leave open. If you'd want to have a conversation with me, like this free session, you know, no obligation, nothing, just having maybe I can help you in some shape or form. Um, Head over to oneconversationaway.com one, number one, conversationaway.com and just fill out the short form so I know what you want to look for, what you're looking to get and we'll jump on a short call and maybe I can help you in some way. Absolutely, man. That's
0: awesome. And I highly encourage that you jump on a phone call with him. Even just 15, 20 minute chat, things will open up. So again, Polish Peter, always a pleasure, man. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. So what did you think of the show today? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Check out the Instagram or Facebook page to join the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. It helps us be found and helps others be healed. If this episode opened your eyes, made you think, or smile at all, then I'm sure it'll do the same for your friends. Check out the show notes for more info from today's episode, and check out other episodes on the TheMindsetAndSelfMasteryShow.com as well as our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look up The Mindset and Self Mastery Show. Thanks again to our incredible guests for being real, honest, and vulnerable with us today. I'd like to thank our sponsors. And most importantly, I'd like to thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Your support means the world to us. And with that, remember, your mindset matters. And so do you.